good place for an amen right now. Because there's places in the world that they can't be in church right now. It is so good to be here in church with the body of Christ, worshiping Jesus. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Philippians 4, 7. Now, I realized about a quarter of the way through my studying and preparation of this sermon that Pastor Polson preached on the peace of God last week, and I am just going to be talking about the peace of God also. So I figured it was just the will of the Lord, but in Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passeth, passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts, somebody say keep, and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's jump down a couple verses and go down to verse 9. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And this morning I want to preach a little bit on a new horizon, a new horizon. You may be seated. We serve a God of peace. Matter of fact, it is the peace of God that what is attracted me to the church. It is the peace of God that attracted me to a relationship with God. Because there was a time in my life that I did not have peace. I did not have joy. And I didn't know how to obtain it. And when you come to that place in life when you're looking for something that it seems like everyone else has, but you're the only one missing it, I had a problem. Although my vision was very blurry and the people I thought had peace, they really did not have peace. But there is a, such a thing called true peace and it only comes from God and it is the peace of God. I remember 15 and a half years ago, I was a summer day and I just flown in from Southern California and I flew back to North Dakota and that was the last place I ever wanted to be. I thought I left this flat, plainy, windy, cold area for the rest of my days and lo and behold, God sent me back almost a year to the date back to North Dakota and I remember I was sitting there and, and uh, my good friend Sam Wilson was there and we were outside and, and I was losing it and I had no idea what was going on in my life and God was dealing with me and messing with my heart and my emotions and, and just calling me and pulling on my, my emotional strings and I had no idea what was going on that the call of God was upon my life and I remember I sat there and, and I became vulnerable to Sam and Sam, I know you remember this because you told me this but I sat there and said, this isn't working for me. This isn't working. This lifestyle is not working. What I'm doing is not working. I don't know what to do. Everything I thought would be peace and joy and happiness and comfort is not working for me. I had no idea what to do. But God orchestrated through his only way he can. He opened up doors and he showed me what he wanted for me in my life. And, and I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and that was the true peace of God when I received the Holy Ghost. But one thing I did realize is that having that peace of God did not just come natural after I was baptized. It was something that I must maintain. It was something that caused work on a daily basis. Just because I was apostolic and I walked to walk and talk to talk and go to church did not mean that I had peace. Come on, somebody. That's a good lesson to learn in life. But I think one of the attributes of having a victorious life is you will have peace. 
in your life. You will not always be worrying and have anxiety and have fear and have doubt. And, and there are times in life where, where the devil will try to steal your peace. And there are times that sometimes we allow that to happen just through our flesh. But I'm here to tell you that there is access to the peace of God this morning, regardless if you're new to this Holy Ghost and, and God thing, or you've been doing it for years, because sometimes we just lose sight of what the main thing is. And we got to keep the main thing the main thing. But it's hard at times to do that. But two main things that this scripture talks about in verse 7, it says, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. It's a peace that, that I don't even understand. It does not make sense to me that I can obtain this type of peace. And not only that, it's like a type of peace that I can explain it to an extent, but like the Bible says, you must taste and see that the Lord is good. And I go and I do prison ministry. We go out to the state penitentiary. We go out to the minimum security prison. And, and I go there and I try to portray this peace and this joy to these men and, and I can only explain it so much. It's just something you have to experience, I let them know. And I tell you, throughout the years of me doing prison ministry, a lot of men have ex experienced that peace with their hands raised and them surrendering everything and saying, God, I need you. And that peace, you can literally see it on their face. You can literally see it. It's a tangible, it's a visual peace. But this scripture talks about that our heart and our minds must be through Christ Jesus. And the times that I've fought the enemy and the times that I fought my flesh, the battle was going on in my heart and it was going on in my mind. And those two areas, if we're not careful, can rob us of our peace. It can rob us of our peace. And this scripture lets us know that we must keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Don't keep them in the world, don't keep them in man, but we got to keep them in Jesus. There's a lot of turmoil and a lot of fear going out in the world right now. A lot. And there are people looking for peace. There are people looking for hope. There are people, I tell you, there's a people in America right now that have the American dream, like put their head on the pillow every single night and do not have peace. And you might be here this morning and you're like, why do not, I do not have that peace? But there is hope and it's in Jesus. But we, first and foremost, you got to get your heart and your mind aligned with God. And one of the best ways to get aligned with God is to allow God to position you in a place of vulnerability and to a place called repentance. And you just cry out to God and you repent of everything that you've done. You make up your mind that, God, I'm not going back to Egypt. I refuse to go back to the things that I've done. I refuse to go back to the fear and the doubt and the anxiety. Come on, somebody. I refuse to live in a state of anxiety day in and day out. Not having any hope, not having any peace, but I turn my eyes towards you, God. Every day towards you. That state of being and that lifestyle is saying, God, my heart and my mind have to be in alignment with you. And getting in the word of God and getting into prayer and, and fellowship and communing with God through prayer. But we know in the Bible, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We know our heart is desperately wicked. But we're living in a time where we're living in a world right now that says, hey, follow your heart. Do what feels good. Whatever you want to do, just do. Whatever you feel like being, just be. You want to be a cat, you can be a cat. You want to be a dog, you can be a dog. 
You can just do whatever you want to do. Why? Because if you think that's going to bring you peace, we're going to allow you to do that. But there is peace in God. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. Our mind must be in alignment with God's mind. 1 Peter 1.13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. Listen, you can, and this is my opinion, and, and uh, this is the way I interpret this, but you can be intoxicated without drinking one drop of alcohol and having any drugs enter your bloodstream. You can be literally intoxicated with Babylon. You can be intoxicated with the world. And it does something to us. It, when you, when we as the temple of God and the body of Christ, we, if we're intoxicated with the things of this world, it does something. And that's why Paul says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Because just a little bit of the world, just a little bit of that fleshly carnality is too much because that's going to infect that bloodstream. So you can literally be intoxicated with the things of the world. And Paul said, and Peter, he says this, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we must gird up the loins of our mind because we know that our heart and our mind, that's where the battleground is. If we follow our heart, it's gonna lead us to wickedness and destruction. If we do what feels good, it's never gonna end up good. We're just going to keep following that, that, that circle of life and keep trying to fulfill that God-sized hole that will never be fulfilled without the Spirit of God living in us. It will never be fulfilled without us surrendering to God. But we must be sober, not just uh, with alcohol, but with our mindset. To gird up those loins every single day, make up our mind. The scripture is very, very plain on that. We're going to make up our mind who we're going to serve. That there's no room in the kingdom of God for lukewarmness. Either be cold or be hot. I'm not trying to be hard on you this morning, but you know what? We heard this morning preached and taught that God is coming. And if you've seen the men of God come up to this pulpit, it's been the common theme. We're living in the end days and God is coming. And the Bible talks about how the very elect will be deceived in those days even. And I do not want to be deceived. So I need to make sure my mind and my heart is aligned with God. And when it's aligned with God, I will have that peace of God living in my life. And I won't have to live in a state of fear, in a state of doubt every single day, day in and day out. And losing sleep and worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring. And the thing is, it doesn't just happen to people that don't go to church. It happens to people that go to church also. I'm just going to be real with you. I've experienced it before. Holy Ghost filled, sitting there in a state of depression, wondering what is going on. And, it, and I literally had to shake myself and start encouraging myself in the Lord through scripture and through reading and through worship. If you're struggling this morning with anxiety or with fear or with doubt or trust, I encourage you to get a prayer life and in that prayer life start worshiping God, being very vocal out loud and lifting your hands because there's something that happens when you lift your voice and you lift your hands you start ripping down the prince of the air you start tearing down those principalities and rulers of darkness when you start lifting up the king of kings okay when you start coming against them like that something happens but worship is one of the ways that you we win the battle in our life 
Worship is one of the ways. It's one of the avenues. It's not the only way. There's, there's other things you have to do, but worship is one of the ways that we're going to obtain peace also. Not allowing the enemy to go into our mind and just let our mind just run freely. But we must gird up the loins of our mind. There's a commentary on the verse that I started with about the peace of God and which passes all understanding. And it says this, that we must possess the God of peace as well as the peace of God. The one condition being that we must earnestly pursue all things that are true, pure, just, and lovely. And that's just it. Is that... When I received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time, the evidence of speaking in tongues, like the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and, and how, when I received that, there was something very special that happened. There was that peace that entered into me. But I had to learn a way to tap into that peace. I had to learn that not to follow my emotions and feelings and, and those things in life that I had to pursue things that would help me to obtain that peace, the joy and the love and the purity and the just and, and the truth. God's word is, is the truth that we need to be uh, so consumed in. But there are prerequisites required to obtain God's peace. There are things that scripture teaches us to do to maintain the peace of God. And we will, I'm going to get into that a little bit. But in John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your Remember, whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you. I love this. It says, my peace, Jesus is speaking, and he says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Not as the world giveth. I give I unto you, let not your heart, there it is again, your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid that we must trust in God and have this peace and there is a peace that this world is trying to illuminate and saying hey this is the true peace but it's not it's fool's gold and the only true peace comes from the peace of God and it is obtainable okay it is something we do have access to and I know for some of you that might be hard to hear because you say, I've never really experienced peace or I haven't experienced peace for, for years and you don't know my life situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But God does. But God does. He knows what you're going through. And, and I'll tell you this too, that he cares about you and he cares what you're going through. And I tell you this, he wants you to have peace. And that might even sound so foreign to you. You're like, well, what even is peace? But there is a peace that is obtainable in the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Ghost, that he wants for every single person here. And it might just take work, though. It might take a little pain to get that peace. But the comfort and the peace of Jesus, that Jesus is speaking here, is received through his spirit and his spirit only. It's a supernatural peace that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. And most important, it's a peace that the world cannot give us. Young people, listen to me. The world cannot give you peace. Just listen to me. Save yourself some heartache. I'm telling you right now, this world will never give you the peace that God can give you. I know it might look like it can. And you know what? Sin, the Bible says, is fun for a season. But it will never give you 
what the Holy Ghost can give you. Take it from me. I searched high and low for 23 years of my life and became miserable. I yielded myself to the world just to obtain peace. And you know what happened? I became a slave to the world. But then I came to a place of brokenness and I yielded myself to the spirit of God. And now I am a servant of the one true king. And with that, I get peace and I get joy and I get victory through that. But it's something that the world cannot give us. It is absolutely crucial that we recognize this, that possessions and career and education in the corporate line and our ladder and money will never bring us peace. Having a new vehicle will never bring us peace. And I will say this, that your problem in your life is not because you don't have enough money. Your problem in your life is not because your house is too small. <laughs> it's a spiritual problem that we have in life. It only can be fixed by the spirit of God. Having more materialistic things is not going to bring you more peace. Having a better job or owning your own company will not bring you more peace. Having more friends will not bring you more peace. I'm telling you that right now. Having Jordans will not bring you more peace. No point intended. But I'm just saying that this is what the world portrays, is that if you live in this form, and you, the world's saying, if you allow me to form you and you allow me to mold you, and you know what, you can do whatever you want, you can live the way you want, you can follow your heart, and if you do that, you'll be happy. If you look in the world right now, there's not much happiness. But if you look in the church of the living God, there's true peace and true happiness. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds. Last year, I was at a job working on a, a siding job, and I was, there for, I was there for months. And I was all by myself, and then this, this building was probably like 70 square. I think there was six little apartments in that thing. And I was there, and I was siding it. And there were some painters there also. And I got to talking to one of the painters. He was the owner. And, and uh, we started talking about church and, and talking about prison ministry. And uh, his brother walks out of the door. I didn't recognize him at all. And he walks out and he looks at me. And this is exactly after I get telling his brother about the Holy Ghost and how, how God can pour his spirit out and it's full of joy and full of peace. And, and his brother comes out and he walks out and he looks at me. And I look at him, and, and he goes, do you, do you remember me? I'm like, no, I don't, know who, I don't know who you are. I was in the prison, and you baptized me, and I received the Holy Ghost. When I came out of the water, I was speaking in tongues. And he said, that was the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life. He, he said, I've done so many drugs in my life, and that feeling I had when the, I got the Holy Ghost was amazing. There's no comparison of the drugs. That's the peace I'm talking about right there. That, hey, that if you can be locked up in prison and God loves us so much that he will fill you with the Holy Ghost in prison. Come on. That's the love of God right there. That's the peace I'm talking about. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. There is a difference from experiencing the peace of God then there's a difference in having the peace of God. There is a lot of people that have experienced the peace of God. There's a lot of people that have experienced the Holy Ghost and, and, and you know, felt that peace. 
But it's a totally different level when you're living in that peace of God. When it goes beyond just experience here and there every once in a while, but you're living in a state of peace. And when I say that, listen to me, <laughs> we're so emotionally made, and, and which is a good thing at times, if it's um, with moderation, God has given us emotions and feelings for a reason, if it's, if it's in the proper balance. But we're so emotional that if we're having a bad day or we're feeling like something is going wrong, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't have peace because the peace I'm talking about is not dependent on atmosphere. It's not dependent on my current situation. The peace I'm talking about is that I believe with all my heart that Bishop Chuppie could be sitting in the hospital right now hurting and in pain, but still have the peace of God that God's will will be done in his life. And I, and I know that we go through things. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. But there is peace that when your life is in chaos and your life has a big storm, kind of like when Jesus was walking on water and Peter was like, oh, I can do this. And you have the faith. But then when you take that step of faith and you realize how bad and crazy it is outside, you're like, oh, what did I get myself into? And you start sinking. But we have the reassurance that Jesus Christ is right there to lift us up and have that peace of God. But remember, it's not dependent on our atmosphere, how we're feeling necessarily, or what's going on. It's, it's one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit of God's love for us is that perfect peace that say, although I don't feel good right now and although I don't see the end or anything maybe even good right now, but there is a new horizon on the way. There, I know there's a new horizon on the way and I got faith and trust that God's going to let me see that new horizon. Amen. Philippians 4.9. Those things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the peace of God shall be with you. So there are things, like I said, there's prerequisites for having that peace. And I want to talk about that a little bit. It hones in on the things we've learned, the things we received, the things we heard, and the things we've seen. Paul talks about Philippians. And, and the things that we have learned is this. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Isaiah 40, verse 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. These are things that we have learned in 1 Corinthians 6.9. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves of covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. 
But the scripture teaches me, but you have been washed, but you have been sanctified, but you have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. The Bible lets us know that in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I'm talking about things that we have learned according to scripture. And that scripture we just read, it also talks about things that we have received. And in Romans 8.15, it lets us know, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Listen, we don't have to receive that fear and that doubt and the anxiety and depression anymore. We have access to peace and joy through the Holy Ghost. Things that we have heard are in Revelations 1.8, the scripture lets us know, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Philippians 4.13 lets us know, because we've heard it, says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. John 14.27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In John chapter 4. 14 verse 2, the scripture lets us know in my father's house are many mansions. And if it not be there not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. It talks about the things we've seen if we want to obtain that peace. And in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, the Bible lets us know that then Jesus answering said unto them, go ye your way and tell John the things you have seen and heard, how the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor, and to the poor the gospel is preached. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and a recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Are things that we see in scripture. In Acts chapter 3 verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We see this in scripture. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And him leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So why is this important? Because when we read this stuff and we encourage ourselves in the Lord, what people in the Bible have seen is when we come against sickness, we can read this scripture and says, listen, I can be healed. I don't have to allow myself not to have peace anymore. I have peace in the Holy Ghost knowing that I can be healed physically or emotionally or my mind can be healed in Jesus' name. But one way to keep that peace that I'm talking about this afternoon in our life continually is to stay in the scriptures and do not forget what God has done for you in your life. 
We all have trophies of what God's done for us in the past. God's brought us out of certain things in our life. And if we're not careful, we can kind of forget about those things. And then we face other obstacles in our life and we forget about what God has done for us in the past. And you look at the story of David and Goliath and David goes and, as a young man and he slays Goliath, cuts off his head. The Bible says he takes his armor and puts it in his tent. He uses it as a trophy. And there's giants that God has put in our life that God has slayed for us in the past. And we need to remember those times because it will incur. When David says he encouraged himself in the Lord, I believe there's, there's things that are required of that. There's things in that. But one of the ways we can encourage ourselves in the Lord is to remind ourselves of scriptures and to remind ourselves where God has brought us from. And I remember me sitting on a couch crying out, not knowing a God that loved me. And when I surrendered everything to him, he gave me peace. So when I go through hard times in my life, I think on those things. I remember other situations and times in my life when I didn't know what was going to happen, what tomorrow was going to bring, feeling just like I was forsaken and lost and no one cared, no one loved me, no one knew where I was at. I didn't get no phone calls or texts and felt like nobody was praying for me in the altar and I felt like I was all alone. But then God would come in during a sweet hour of prayer and minister to me, sending his angels to minister to me. And I remind myself of those times when the enemy tries to steal my peace because he's trying to steal the peace that we have access to. He wants to instill fear and he wants to instill doubt. He wants to instill hurt and let you think that there's no hope whatsoever. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. Psalms 23.4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm here to tell you that God wants to give somebody here a new horizon. Not a horizon filled with worry. Not a horizon filled with anxiety, with confusion, with trust issues. But a horizon filled with love, joy, trust, and peace. That horizon. There is a new horizon here today that we have access to. Let's all stand. But like I said earlier, it is, and if you're going through something, if there's chaos in your life right now, there's a storm going on in your life right now, I'm here to encourage you this, that there is peace in the middle of the storm. There is peace in the middle of the storm. You know, in the middle of a storm, the perfect storm, all around is the waves and the wind is moving. But right smack dab of a storm, there's perfect peace. And I believe we can be in that place today. Is that all around you might be confusion, might be doubt, hurt, trust issues, fear and doubt. God, what is my purpose? Is there a purpose for me? You might be feeling a lot of things. God, I haven't felt your spirit for a long time. Do you even love me? 
you might be there this morning. But what I'm telling you is that there's perfect peace if you will just get in the middle of that storm and embrace the storm and allow God to shape you into his image. And that's what God wants to do today in the Holy Ghost. So what we're going to do, are we going to open these altars up and we're going to give everybody an opportunity to let them see their new horizon and let them experience the peace of God. And if you're here this morning and you need a touch from God, if you need a refreshing of God, if you need a new horizon, I want you to step out in faith and come up to these altars right now. I want you to come to these altars and I want you just to surrender everything. And I want you to humble yourself and just raise your hands and say, God, I need you. I desire your peace. I want your joy in my life. I'm tired of living like this. And the peace that is going to happen in this building is when you walk out of this building, that peace is not going to leave. It's going to stay with you. And it's going to be with you. Thank you, Jesus. So everyone, that you just come and you just cry out to God right now. God, right now, I need you, Lord. I surrender my life to you right now, God. I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again, God. I want you. I want your peace. I want joy, God. I need a desperate touch from you right now. In Jesus' name, God, release your peace. Release your joy in this place. In the name of Jesus, let there be a new horizon in your life right now. Make up your mind that you're not going back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.